Welcome to Time Cold Presents. Today we speak with filmmaker Mr. John Jackson about how to juggle the duties of writing, filming, directing, and editing, insights into creating a black cinematic language, opting out of a capitalist mindset, and shooting the breeze with Spike Lee. We also touch on the process of his films, Who in the Morning and Big Chief Blackhawk, and how he plans to die on the insurmountable mountain of cinematic mastery. Hosted by John Wood and Rome Julian. Please enjoy. Here we go. Uh, answer machines. Am I doing answer machines? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Yeah, Jackson's home. residence. We're not home at the time, but uh, reach Rome's cell phone. If you uh, call back, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. I, I yeah, well, you got a cell phone. <laughs> You're not no, in I, at the moment. I, I'm here today with Jonathan Jackson. Good to see you again, sir. You too, my brother. And I got Rome with me. Yes, sir. I'm in effect. I'm bringing the energy tonight. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no NPR voice. Nothing nah, against NPR. Nah, I'm all amped up on caffeine today. So nah, I'm, I'm excited to see John, man. It's been a while. I haven't seen him in a minute. Um, yeah, I'm curious to learn, uh, you know, what he's been up to and stuff like that. Ready to get inspired. You've been doing a couple of things. One of the things I noticed, uh, is that you've been pretty successful with this Big Chief Blackhawk, uh, documentary. I mean, I don't know if it's success. I don't really... Success to me is, is getting the movie done. Yeah, so, did you so, finish it? That's what I was yeah, about to say. So once you it's, finish once, it, that's, yeah. a, that's a big success right there. Yeah, once it's done, it, it you know, it's gonna take on a life of its own, but, you know. I've I've seen a couple of things of yours. I mean, you've been around Time Code on and off. Jesus, it's been a decade or so now. Yeah, it's been a quick set. And uh, and I remember uh, actually one of the film fests kind of got started way back with the Fallberg Fest. Yeah. And um, that led into I, I remember seeing a couple of your uh, there was like some bumpers and everything like that. But mm -hmm. then the, one of the main things I had seen it was I know Lemetria was in it. Was that the film festival? Mm -hmm. uh, what short was that? So remember, that was uh, the girl and her electric sheet. Gotcha. Yeah. And that one I actually I liked a lot to the point that I actually used Lemitri in a, not another short because I had mm -hmm. seen her and her, worked with her on a uh, it was a little thing called Woke that. Yeah, um, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, no, I thought she was great. And I thought that was a really good one. Yeah, she's so, good people. Um, I haven't, but I haven't had a chance to see some of your other stuff since then because you, you've been what going after a degree? Is that correct? I mean, yeah. I mean, the last couple of years, I guess. <laughs> well, I think, but I've been making movies the whole time. Where, how did you get started in film? What made you know that that's what you wanted to do with no, your I, life? I always. I mean, I, I don't know if I ever truly. Well, no, I say I will. At so at a certain point, I did make a decision, but that was like later on in life when it was like, all right, I'm okay with being broke <laughs> as long as I'm making movies. But, I mean, I've always been in the films. Like, you know, I grew up in front of HBO. Mm -hmm. So I always had a passion for, for you know, cinema and, and, and filmmaking and, and watching all kind of movies. Like, you know, obviously it was Last Dragon at first and, you know, watching music videos. And, and I think the, the real connection was, was watching Hype Williams and, and really understanding, you know, what the whole cinematic process and what cinematic language is. Tell me what what about those movies inspired you? Was it the cinematography? Is it the acting? Is it the writing? What made you no, I mean, say you, that I can I can en encompass um it wasn't, all of it. You no, know, it wasn't I mean? it wasn't that. What it was was like I said, we're 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 growing up in movies, mm -hmm. like literally in front of a TV. I'm an eighties baby. So it's enjoying films and understanding that it, it's a like a movie isn't just like a movie. Like there's a mm -hmm. business, there's a 
You know what I'm saying? There's people that make movies. What, There's exactly somebody holding that do. camera. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the little pieces of that, you know, cameraman, um, and then kind of figuring out the process as I was in, you know, I, I, I knew I went to, to UNO when I was like 12 years old during the summer for some kind of program where they started breaking stuff down. But like I say, in the, in the teenage years, like around, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14, I was watching Hype Williams' videos, and I knew mm -hmm. who Hype Williams was. I knew Hype Williams was the director, mm -hmm. and then I started finding out what a director was. Right. Right. That's so, good. so I started getting into that, and then you know you're shooting stuff, and it's not looking the way you wanted to. So why? Mm -hmm. So then you start finding out about Malik Saeed, mm -hmm. and you start looking at the cinematographers. You know what I'm saying? And, no, you and do. when I was 17, I was in a in a um, like a television course. So the first thing I actually learned how to do was edit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it started off with editing and then, you know, trying to mold stuff through directing so I can edit it, you know, and then over time just having to learn all kinds of different pieces of the process to try to get it done. What what did you learn from editing first that when you went to shoot your projects that? Well, the thing about editing at the time when I was learning is it, it was one of those things nobody could do and wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think we still somewhat in a situation where at least for me now, like I'm in a situation where it's not, people are not doing everything. Mm -hmm. So they kind of like, everybody wants to be a writer director, but you have no idea of anything else beyond the set. Like I was lucky enough a couple of days ago to literally sit down and have a conversation with Spike Lee. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, so, so what you do? You, you, you direct and write? And I'm like, yeah, and I shoot and I edit. And he's mm -hmm. like, man, you do all that? Mm -hmm. I'm like, you Spike Lee, like you don't like you know. You what I'm don't I know you don't. I know right, you don't right. do it all, but I expect that you did. Like, why right. are you surprised? But like I say, a lot of filmmakers right now feel like, you know, they don't do that. And when I started doing it, that's what it was. Like nobody wanted to in that class. Nobody wanted to edit a project. Nobody wanted to shoot a project. They just wanted to make something. So I say, I'll shoot it and I'll edit it. You know the, what I'm saying? The foundation of what Timecode was built on as well is like this is why we would. Yeah. But yeah, you you have to kind of step out there and. and Start wherever you can mm -hmm. and figure out where that leads you when it comes to making films. And right. if you can come up with an idea, express it on paper, direct actors and a director of photography to convey your idea and then finish that project, mm -hmm. that's what the game is all about. So what other uh, motivations besides it? Does does music play heavy in, in so your, mu your yeah. movie writing or is it just... No, it, it it like I said, there's a whole process. I mean, you you know, you talking. I started when I was like officially started when I was 17. So, I mean, the process didn't like develop into something totally different. Like it's not mm -hmm. even on a capitalist, you know, it's not even a capitalist situation at this point. Like I would like like the way I explain it is I like nice things, but I'm not trying to be in the system based on money. I don't want to get stuck into something. So like I said, my process is is totally changed now from back then, right. the way I look at it, the way I'm, I'm, I'm seeing cinema, the way I, I, I you know, research and, and read and just try to learn as much as I possibly can to try to master as much of the craft as I possibly can before I die. Right. That's where I'm at right now. And you've kind of done both narrative and documentary. Yes. Right. What, what's your preference? What, why would it be your preference? Do you have one? I feel like it, you know, the story dictates what it's going to be, dictates what it's going to be. Um, I think it's easier to make a documentary than to make a narrative because, you know, considering that I do everything, you know, all I got to do is get a subject and we just roll in for a couple months and I put it together. But with a narrative, there's just a lot of elements and, and you know, you got to have actors. 
then sometimes, you know, actors are good, and sometimes they're not. You know what I'm saying? And that, you know, that dictates what you what your project's going to be on. It dictates what you're going to make this project, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, it, it essentially dictates uh, what the story matter is, dictates what I'm going to do. But, I, I mean, I like to make narratives. Like, that's the first choice if I have one. From an editing standpoint, like, do you approach it differently from a... I mean, like I said, the, the, the process is, is right now... It starts with research and it starts with music. Like, I utilize music a lot because if I can find a piece of music that gives me a certain feeling, then I can use that to carry me all the way through, right? So I can literally be stuck in the edit bay trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing and then throw on a track and be like, all right, that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Big Chief Blackhawk is a playlist, mm -hmm. right? So I had a, a, a subject, I had a story. Um, and this is a docu the documentary? Just yeah. to, so everybody yeah, yeah. Documentary. knows what we're talking about. Um, so yeah, like I said, you got the subject matter. Um, they're good to go. I got them whenever I need them. I've laid down the groundwork. We family. We cool. Um, like I said, I have a playlist, right? I, I know what I want to hear. I know how I want to feel. And I know that's, that's, that's going to keep me in the, in the vibe that I need to be in whenever I lose myself in the rest of the process. But what I do with documentaries is I structure them like narratives. So I outline what the story is going to be. And as I'm shooting it, and each time I shoot, a, like, it's usually segments, right? So, like, Big Chief Blackhawk was shot over, I don't know, how long was that? Started in November 2019, and I think I ended it in August. No, I ended it that, next, that February 2021. But it were these segments, right? So I talked to Miss T, who are, the kids, who are the kid's mom, and she'll be like, all right, we're doing whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, we're going to come around, except for Mardi Gras. Like, Mardi Gras was totally planned out and plotted on, but... I sat down I had an outline based on these conversations we had over the span of, like, four months. Like, I just sat and talked to them for four months. No cameras, no nothing. Just talked to them. Get them to know me. I know them. This is what we're going to do. Being just straight up front with you, like, this is what I got. And I set up an outline. And I had my boy, um, a good friend of mine, Tony, who has MFA in screenwriting from UTA, and my producer, Paul. And we literally just, like, outlined what we thought the project would be. And then every time I shoot something, I literally go back and edit it. Right. So if I shoot something that day, it's going to be edited that night or the next day. And because because you also edit, um, you're editing the the project. Do you kind of cut it in your head yeah. as you shoot? Well, it? I'm shooting it. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. can cut a lot of the bullshit out yeah. if you. Yeah. Right you know. You know what yeah. you got. You know when you see something and it's you like know you don't need. Yeah. yeah. He's singing when they sing in Indian Red. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a segment. Gotta have it. That's a segment right there. Right. I just got to sync it up. You know, these two or three cameras are going to sync them up right quick. But, yeah, it's a segment. But throughout the process, it's outlined. It's, right. The outline is is edited. You know what I'm saying? So something happens, something pop up. I shoot something new. I get an idea. Mm -hmm. I want to go shoot some trees. I'm going to put some birds in this thing. Like, I literally just did that with my thing. Like, I'm going to put some birds in it. You know what I'm saying? I changed the outline. You know what I'm saying? And then when it's done, you know, I have all the footage. Everything is edited, right? And then I have the outline. And then I decide, all right, what is this film actually going to be based on mm -hmm. what I have? Mm -hmm. So then I might go back in and re-edit something or fix it up or, you know, adjust it to the rest of the, 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 the sequences that I already have. You dig what I'm saying? When we went to the Bahamas and shot the, uh, the I mean, it's kind of a follow-up, but the next one, which is Who in the Morning, which is about John Canoe, which is very similar to Mardi Gras Indians. And that one, that was more of a two-week shoot straight. But as we're shooting it, and I'm shooting it, and I got a, a, another kid, Mike, shooting it with me, and PJ shooting it, co-directing it with me. But as we're shooting, I'm coming home every day, and I'm not editing, but I'm looking at all the footage, because I know what I shot, I'm looking at Mike's footage, mm -hmm. and I'm outlining. 
You know what I'm saying? And before we left the Bahamas, we sat down and we said, all right, what is this movie going to be? Mm. And like I say, as I'm editing it, you know, I can switch stuff. I can, I can, all right, yeah, that don't work or whatever, whatever. Mm. But that's essentially the process. Like, I'm trying to act as if it's, and it's almost like, you know, it's not just an outline. Like, it's a, like it's a, it's essentially a script. Like, I know what these people are saying. I know what they said here. I highlighted this information. I'm going to write it down in the document. I'm, you know, it's all in a Google Drive. Everybody look at it. And then, like I said, once I'm editing, I might change something here or there. And I got the music playing. Like, I edit to that playlist that I have. I edit to that playlist. Do, do you think that if you were not an editor, would your process be different of for, for filming? Of course. I mean, you know. Because it sounds like a great... Yeah. Way to make a documentary. You you shoot the footage you know you're there to shoot. You get the extras here and there. Mm-hmm. You outline it all. Yeah. And figure it out. Like, how does this tell a story? What based off of? But I mean, I, I, I do accounting. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. I do everything. I'm mm-hmm. coloring it. Like, I'm doing everything. So, yeah. of course, the process would be different if, you know, you know, there might be a situation where I'm not. Because there's films like Electric Sheep was something I didn't shoot. That was something I didn't DP. So, you know, it, it changes. I don't think I will ever shoot a documentary where I don't shoot it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like, no matter what happens, I'm pretty sure I'm going to at least sit behind a camera. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the type of filmmaker I am. I'm, I'm Soderbergh at this hands, point. Hands on. Yeah. Very hands on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I would like a situation where I don't have to literally, you know, because DPing and directing means I, there's a lot of plotting that has to go on. You know what I'm saying? So everything has to be figured out as far as this lighting and as far as... Yeah, and one, one takes away from the other at some point. Um, yes. Well, well I, I, I fussed at my actors, so it, I don't feel like I give up. Like, either you, like, I'm paying you to do a job, so either you can do it or you can't. Mm-hmm. If you can't do it, then that's where the editing comes in. Like, all right, well, I'm going to have to make this work. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can give you direction. I can tell you what I'm trying to do. But, I mean, if you, can, if you can't act, you can't act. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, I've, I don't feel like that take, it, it takes away because I'm always going to focus on my image to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? And then y'all getting the image, and, and like I say, this is either going to be, in my mind, when I'm shooting it, depending on the performance I get, and we do rehearsals, right? Mm-hmm. But depending on the performance I'm getting, I'm like, all right, this is going to be some Spike Lee shit. It's going to be some some fucking Terrence Malick shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm literally sitting there like, all right, what you give me right now is that's what the film is going to be. I'm going to throw everything out the window depending on what performance you give me right now. You you think you at this point that you're building a John Jackson style? At, at any- I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I look at it in that way. The the deal is 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 to me, it's all about cinematic language, and I'm definitely trying to, I'm trying to say something, but it's not about what I'm trying to say. Like specifically, it's not about me. It's about my culture and my people. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's it's defining what the black cinematic language is. It's not a guarantee. It's not a set in stone. But that's what the the process is. Blake Chief Black Hawk in the morning. The black narratives, black maybe, all this stuff is trying to define my idea of what the black cinematic language is or can be. Right. But it's it's not like I'm I don't I don't there's people that say, Yeah, I can tell what a John Jackson film, I don't I can't see it. I can't mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like most of the shit I shoot, I'm like, that shit whack. And then the next day I'll be like, This shit is brilliant. Like literally every other day. So no, I, I'm not I'm definitely not trying to define styles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I would love to be good enough as a cinematographer and good enough as a director and good enough as a writer to have a story, the same thing I said between documentaries and narrative, to have a story that I want to tell and be like, all right, this shit going to be Chinatown and be good enough to execute it where you watch it and you're like, all right, this is like a black version of Chinatown. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I would like to be, but 
yeah, I'm not caught up on, I'm not caught up on that bullshit. Like I, I'm literally trying to stay as anonymous as I possibly can on the low. It's gotta feel. It's gotta make you feel better knowing that you're making the movies that make you happy. Um, yes. You know, talk a little bit about like how important that is for the project to, to like you said earlier, like doing it for no money or whatever. Yeah. Not making money. Not trying to. Uh, like I say, my my saying is is I like nice things, which that means like, I ain't out here trying to just do it for free, mm -hmm. right? But I'm not like. I don't want to say sell out because I feel we all got our price. And I mean, you give me enough money, I'll sell out, right? Mm -hmm. But you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody know that. I always tell people the same thing. But when my filmmaking to me, the idea of what I was doing changed was when I kept like Gion, y'all, y'all interviewed Gion. I told Gion like straight up before Big Two Blackhawk, I was like, man, I'm not doing this shit no more. You know what I'm saying? Because I love cinema, mm -hmm. but this shit just too complicated. Like I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love doing it, but it's just too much bullshit involved. You know what I'm saying? It's oh, yeah. always something, it's right? Lot. It's a lot. And it's a process. what happened is I got to a point where I was just like, all right, you know, I, I'm okay with just being, like, anonymous and broke. I just want to make movies, mm -hmm. right? So my first year of my MFA, I went to Howard. The reason I went to Howard is because I found out about Bradford Young. I watched Mother George, and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is absolutely mm -hmm. beautiful, right? And I literally studied everything, any interview that he said, any interview that he did, and everything that he said. And he was on something where, you know, he didn't move to Hollywood. He stayed in Baltimore because it was close to Holly Grimea, who was in D.C. Mm -hmm. But the way that he looks at film, the way he talks about film, the way he talks about blackness, right, is, is in this space that feels comfortable. And he's not worried about all this other stuff. Like, when he got hired to do Solo... He called Holly Grimea and was like, yo, I don't know if I should be doing this. And Holly Grimea, like, how much they paying you? Mm -hmm. He's like, boy, you'd be stupid. Like, you can set up your family with that money. You know what I'm saying? So he owned that level. And I'm like, that's where I need to be. So I literally went to Howard just to find the juice. The sad thing is that I don't think he really messes with Howard, and Howard ain't ran by Holly Grimea anymore. But in the process of Blake Chief Black Hawk and, and the way I made it and the stuff that I did, I found, because there was a connection that was made to the people that were in the film. Like I said, these people are like, they, they my family now, right? It wasn't like I made a movie and I don't know, like, nah, that's my family, that's my people. I check up on them, you know what I'm saying? We shoot the shit. Mm -hmm. When that film was finished, I felt like I don't, like I didn't want to get into this whole like mentality of being like, all right, we got to sell it, we got to do this, we got to do that. I was like, nah, we, we need to just put this shit on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? And my producer was like, ah, let's, let's, let's feel it out, let's mm -hmm. see what happened, right? So the main thing I wanted to do is I wanted to get in the biggest black film festival, right? And that's ABFF. So I submitted it to them, and they took that shit. So after they took it, a couple of other festivals took it. A lot of black film festivals took it, right? But over that process, we ended up getting contacted by World Channel. They gave us some money. They gave us more money for it than I put into it. Because keep in mind, I'm independent. I'm essentially me and Paul funding this thing by ourselves. Mm -hmm. No grant money, you know what I'm saying? No investors. So when we got the money from World Channel, it was more than we put in. So we happy. We made a profit. But like that that film was shown at National Gallery of Art. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like people flew me out. They flew me out to, to South Dakota. You know what I'm saying? To, to go to universities to talk about the film. And that that's beautiful because I never like, I wasn't worried about distribution. Like I was like, mm -hmm. it's gonna happen if it happened. If it don't, it don't. I did what needed to be done, and I'm good. So even with Who in the Morning that we just like we premiered it in August. It's kind of that same thing. Like I say, I'm, I, I have a business, so I'm looking at everything. I'm, I'm playing numbers games, but it's not, it's not a situation where I'm like, I got to make this money back. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? It's not a situation where I gotta be there, I gotta do this, I gotta get in that fest. It's more of a situation where like it is what it is, and when I watch it, I get what I need to out of it. But when certain people watch Big Chief Black Hawk and talk to me, or when certain, I'm talking about black people, old black women, mm-hmm. you know, they watch Junk and New, right? It, it, uh, who in the morning about Junk and New, it sparks something in certain people that gets me the reaction I need. You dig what I'm saying? So that's what makes me happy. The whole thing, like... That's the payoff. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's the, I got a situation right now where, like, I'm sitting on Twitter, and this was when I was at Howard. Like, this show you how, how, how this shit works, right? I'm sitting on Twitter, and they got some dude talking about the Y and Treme. I can't stand Treme. Love the Y. Mm-hmm. So I talk some shit, right? Wendell Pierce, he pops in on the Twitter, and he's like, well... You know, the why is this, but Treme is that. He say some poetic shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, you kind of check me, but all right, cool. And then he hits me and is like, hey, man, I see you go to Howard. If you need somebody to be in your film, let me know, right? So I'm like, all right, you know, it's all whatever. It's bullshit, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So over time, dude, like, kept hollering at me, right? So I ended up making Black Maybe, and I ended up making Who in the Morning. So I'm putting up clips on Twitter, and he hits me up. He's like, hey, bro, like... I'm, I'm feeling that black maybe. Like, I'm, I'm feeling that, you know what I'm saying, that the look of it, these black people on film, right? But the thing about Who in the Morning is he went, like, bananas. Like, oh, yo, I got to talk to you about You know what I'm saying? I got to meet you. And it was because, you know, he from New Orleans, mm-hmm. but he, you know, he got a little dough, so he go to the Bahamas. He know about Junkanoo. A lot of people don't know about Junkanoo, but he know about it. He's like, oh, this dude from New Orleans made a movie about Junkanoo, and he just made a movie about Mardi Gras Indians. So he's like, I need to see that. And I show it to him. And that ended up building a relationship. You know what I'm saying? To a point that this dude, like, he's a good dude and he's supporting me in my endeavors. But that's, I, I, I'm sure that the reason why is because he's, in our conversations, it's about craft. It ain't about Hollywood. It ain't about that bullshit. It's about, like, community and craft. And he understands, like, yo, I'm doing this because I believe in cinema. And I believe in the power of cinema. And I'm trying to utilize the power of cinema in a positive way for my people. I'm not on that other shit. So all of this has got to be, I mean, great motivation to know that, you, that you're hitting, you know, in the right direction of, I think, uh, of creating that John Jackson style that... I just told you, man. There's no, no such no, thing I'm as that. that. There, there, <laughs> there will be a point where people will look at your film to say, oh, wow, he did... he Yeah, that's totally... You know, but it, not to... And this is not to mold yourself into, into, you know what I mean, but it's a form of expression. So the way that film is expressed, the way it's shot, the way it's edited, people will know. I don't think that that's going to be the case because, like I say, you know, you're dealing with a situation or you're dealing with a cat in a situation where I study a lot of stuff in styles change. Like right now, you know a cat named Kevin Jerome Everson? No. Yeah, you need to know Kevin Jerome Everson, right? Kevin Jerome Everson is this professor at uh, the University of Virginia, and he shoots these 16-millimeter films. It's just blackness, 16-millimeter. They'd be about whatever. But when you watch them, you're like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit is brilliant. And all of the black people that's important in cinema, like, they know who this cat is. Mm-hmm. And I didn't sat and talked to this cat. And, like, my style right now is based on him, like, trying to shoot these films like that. You give me an Ari, I'm like, I'm going to be trying to shoot something else. You know what I'm saying? So the style is always going to change. You know what I'm saying? You give me a certain, like I said, you give me, you give me Bradford Young. I'm gonna shoot some Bradford Young shit. You know what I'm saying? It ain't gonna have nothing to do with anything else I've ever done. Mm-hmm. So that's why I know like there's no possible way. Cause even if I'm not, 
even if I'm doing the same thing I'm doing right now in two years, the style is gonna change. Cause even right now I'm like, yeah, I'm about to let the 16 millimeter go because this shit expensive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's adding up to a point that it's like, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. So I really like what you're saying about the the way you edit, the way you you shoot kind of a block and then edit as that, mm-hmm. because not enough fucking people do that. <laughs> I have had people bring me, uh, that was a person that brought me a Wall Street documentary, mm-hmm. and they'd had like three editors, and they gave it to me to try to figure something out. Like, I can find something for you, but there's 900 plus hours of footage here. Yeah. The fuck am I supposed to start? And so that's one of those things that a lot of people, I don't, because I think you started as an editor, don't understand that. There's nothing wrong with, like, if you shoot a movie, um, somebody that we just worked with recently, they had to have all the footage first before they started editing. It's like, no, edit the scenes. Mm-hmm. Edit, you have, you're shooting on weekends, shoot it, then edit it. Because then you know what you need. Like you said, you want to go get some birds or something like that. Yeah. Um, if you go on the documentary side, do you do the same thing with narrative or is that a little bit different? I mean, narratives would be a little different because you're shooting a certain amount of days consecutively, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not about to, you know, I'm not about to have a, I'm definitely not gonna have. A, I'm not having a twelve-hour day, but I'm not gonna have an eight-hour day, and then go back home, edit, and then go back and have another eight-hour day. Now, the thesis that I'm making is a narrative, um, and it's there's a whole bunch of stories that add up to a whole kind of point of black consciousness. The way that I scheduled it out was I shot them like, you know, weeks mm. apart, and then I had one block because we had window. And uh, Erica Woods come in, so we shot this one block of four of them at one time. And that was like the last thing I shot. So those were edited the same way, but they were spaced out. But in February, I have like an eight-day shoot. I have a weekend. It's three days, then a weekend, and I guess, what, four or five more days. So the process with a narrative would probably be a little different as far as coming back and editing. But I'm still shooting everything as of now. And if I'm not shooting it, like, I still... You know, I'm, I'm still looking at takes, and I'm like, all right, yeah, take two was probably it. Yeah, you edit and then you hit it. Yeah, I'm always going to edit, yeah. And I also, I love the fact of just meeting people, meeting, or as far as learning their processes of things. The music thing is something that I hadn't heard before, but I think it's genius. Yeah. Like, you know what you want it to be. So whenever you're kind of stuck on something, you just put it on there and yeah. just get that. Like, well, it's not, it's not only that. It's, it's also, like, we're not going to get the right. I'm editing the Stevie Wonder. Like, I might, I mm-hmm. edited... What I edited one sequence in in um, Big Chief Blackhawk to Superwoman, so number one I ain't getting them rights. Number two, right. I don't even think it'll fit. Mm. But there's a tone and a feel and a a, a beat mm. that I like. So I'm literally editing it to that beat and then taking it out and putting in whatever else I need to put in. So it's almost like uh, what was it? Um, what's the, the 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 urban legend? If you sank it up. I know it was 2001 in, in Dark Side of the Moon. The Wizard of Oz. It's the Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Pink Floyd. Yeah. 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 So it's like that. Like, it's literally like you could probably take this song and sync it up to Big Chief. I'll take a couple mm. songs and sync them up to Big Chief, and they would literally sync up. But the whole purpose of it is I'm getting a beat. Like, editing is all about a beat. Mm. It's a mental beat, but sometimes it's like, hey, just, just throw a beat in there, dog. Throw a beat in there so you can edit to that beat, and then just take the beat out. How do you choose your actual... Subjects because Big Chief Blackhawk and then you do a you done a, the, the Black Maybe, um, but you kind of have a, a difference of uh, like Who in the Morning, a couple other ones. They're different. It's just like the Black. Uh, the, no, they're uh, all connected Chief. actually. Right. They all actually connected. Big Chief was I wanted to do a documentary at the time. I was told to holler at Miss T about Big Chief T, who was the youngest Big Chief in the city. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I don't make no money about anymore. I literally made a movie called Sambo 
making fun of the fact that the only movies that black filmmakers could make is movies about Mardi Gras Indians or some kind of jazz hero or something. Mm-hmm. So that was the irony that I ended up making this movie. But what it, what happened is, number one, you got a just an awesome little kid, right, and a good story, a good mom, good brothers. Um, but I I went into it thinking, like, wondering about the idea of, of us growing up in New Orleans and everybody saying, you know, we got Indian in our family, but is this cultural appropriation? I just wanted to see. And in that process, I read, a, I, I did a lot of research and I read a lot of things and it became something else. And then, like I say, in that whole realm, I'm, I'm listening to Bradford Young and I'm listening to certain Stevie Wonder songs, something about one of Solange's albums did something to me mentally. So I'm just being inspired by all this different stuff and I'm trying to see if I can incorporate it into a cinematic language. Who in the morning... My filmmaking partner, PJ, he's from the Bahamas. So it's something he had talked about, and I was like, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I posted a trailer, a teaser of Big Chief on Twitter during the pandemic, and a young lady from Trinidad was like, this reminds me of Junk and New. I'm like, oh. And I tagged PJ, like, oh, they said it's like Junk and New. He's like, yeah. I was like, you know what? After we finish this, maybe we need to go ahead and do this, this movie about Junk and New. Um, and then there was a whole you know, research and a whole process that connected those two things, the idea of Mardi Gras, and I, I, it's literally in the narration, is the, the idea of Mardi Gras Indians and the idea of Junk Anu and how when we're looking at, you know, these things, when we're literally looking at these things, we're looking at our own past. We're looking at how our ancestors were able to pass down traditions to us. When we talk and we talk about your films, um, the whole uh, the narrative is the black cinematic version of of whatever you're 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 involved in that's mm-hmm. the focus right mm-hmm. can can you explain how how big of an impact that is to, or how, how big of a, a just a goal to have that you know how how much is involved in research every time you you um come up with a project or like going to the caribbean to, to, yeah. to film something you don't know about how much how much goes into that and to, to make sure you're telling that story correctly and how do you how do you know you're telling it correctly? So the idea of of cinema, right? From my perspective, especially when I was doing Big Chief Blackhawk and everything I've done after. And I mean it was kind of there before, but it definitely was that after. And this comes from once again researching Bradford Young and being at Howard and getting some of the good um amongst a lot of bad. But my f- my issue when I felt that stories were being told about Blackness, right? I felt like no matter who was making it, it wasn't really catered or centering us. And the thing about cinema, and the research has been done on this, there's a bunch of books that will tell you this, and it's kind of common sense. If you don't focus on a particular thing, the default of it is whiteness. So it's not saying that other movies shouldn't be made or these movies ain't black enough, right? It's more of an idea of me saying... All right, I'm going to throw some shit into the paradigm, and I'm going to let it sit there. And it's going to be what it is. I'm not saying you need to make blacker movies. I'm not saying your movies ain't black enough. But what I am saying is what these movies that I'm making, I'm going to ensure that the default of them is not whiteness, right? So I'm going to literally pay attention to how I'm lighting this skin tone. I'm going to pay attention to how I'm framing a black child, right? We're not framing them from, from, from a high, up, up, up above, right? We're going to use the cinematic language that we know, right? High angles and low angles, Mm -hmm. right? But we're going to redefine that cinematic language when we can, right? So I'm going to shoot these kids in a specific way, 
and hope that either my audience, which I'm going to aim for black people, right? So it's not saying that you're excluded. But what I am saying is when you come here, don't bring no potato salad. We cooking. Come on through, hang out, but we going to cook. So that's the idea of me being a filmmaker. Like, it's focusing on little things that most people probably wouldn't to ensure that I'm at least trying to not use whiteness as a default. We know film, you know, me working with film, it's not because of, you know, this, this idea of it being cool. It was because I know that that is a medium that is not made for my skin color, chemically, right? But I also know that when I'm shooting film, there's a process that has to go along with it. I can't just pull out a 16 millimeter camera and just, you know, you gotta light it, you gotta meter it, you know what I'm saying? You gotta know, you know, if you gotta push or pull it. And that process, you get used to it. So when I am shooting digital, but I'm shooting certain people digitally, I'm still going through a certain process, right? So that's kind of like, like the idea of what I'm trying to do right now and I was told I don't say try, what I'm doing right now. And the overall arc of it, or the expansiveness of it, is anything that I'm doing in cinema is not being done in a finite way. It's already established that I'm not going to finish it. I'm going to die trying to still do whatever I'm doing. So I'm never going to accomplish this craft. I'm never going to accomplish, there is no, there is no, no mountaintop. I'm always going to climb it and I'm just going to die on it. You know what I'm saying? So that is the idea of it. The project I'm working on right now literally is a, a bunch of short stories that mostly take place in the, in the antebellum self, right? But I'm trying to make them with the nuances of blackness. So ain't nobody getting hung. Ain't nobody getting beat. Slave don't talk like this, because I don't believe they talk like that anyway, mm. right? You either talking with a with a... African dialect, or are you just talking like you regularly talk? Because mm -hmm. that's all made up, right? And at the end of it, which is the problem I'm having right now, I'm scared about it, but it ends up being a story about artificial intelligence. And it's a whole contemplation on, once again, the default, right? If we're not inserting ourselves multiculturally into this eventual singularity of artificial intelligence, then the default of it is going to be white. In this story, it ends with artificial intelligence being black consciousness and then going off into the universe. The story literally starts off with a narration of explaining how dark energy and dark matter, right, are the basis of the formation of the universe, right? They're more important than light, you know what I'm saying? And how important they are and how they, they move, you know what I'm saying? How, how they, they have gravitational pulls that move planets, and that's all kind of this metaphor for us in a culture, like New Orleans. Like, we are the dark matter of this city. Like, we control and we move all these different elements within the city. So it's just trying to take cinema and, and utilize it for these ideas and these, these I don't know, these, these, these thoughts and these wishes and these hopes, right? And trying to do it in a certain way. And it's not, once again, it's not saying that everybody should do it this way. It's not saying, you know, once again, it's not a John Jackson thing. Like, this stuff that I'm hoping will be building blocks. This is educational, you know, material that hopefully some kid will look at. He can look at a Marvel movie. You know what I'm saying? He can look at Captain Planet. He can look at this and then make something in between. 
You know what I'm saying? And grow off of it. So that's kind of what my, my purpose is and what my idea yeah, of what I'm doing uh, right now. What's your overall purpose and, and real drive for why you make the movies that you make? But it, you just told us, yeah. I think, and, and basically to educate and to... to, to I mean, it's to, fun. It's fun. And like I say, it, it's been... You know, it's been beneficial financially. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not over here, like, balling anything, but the first documentary feature I made had a profit. I mean, how many motherfucking filmmakers you know got profits? That's enough drive right there to right. keep you going. Man. You know what I'm saying? But but it's just a... Like, I know a lot of folks, you know, when they talk about the process and filmmaking, and it's a lot of stress involved, right? I don't... You know what I'm saying? I get stressed out over, like, itty-bitty dumb shit over small amounts of time. You know what I'm saying? But I do have an idea, and I do have a goal, and I usually reach those goals. So, like, the process for me is, right now, is, like, fulfilling. And right now is me trying to maintain that process. Like I said, I literally, you know, I'm over here, like, trying to be ducked off. I ain't over here networking. I ain't over here, like, rubbernecking and goosefooting. But I'm in a position where somebody hit me up and was like, yo, like, go holler at Spike. You know what I'm saying? And go sit there and just shoot the shit with Spike. Like, I just sat there and talked. And he wasn't impressed by me. You know what I'm saying? But I just sat there for 45 minutes just, like, shooting the shit with Spike Lee. Like, literally, just shooting the shit. Just me and him. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, it, it is paying off to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? Um, you had kind of mentioned, and it's actually fascinating to think about the cinematic language has always been told with a white perspective. Because, I mean, Jesus, if we're going from, like, the 1800s when it was created... To geez, what the seventies before it kind of became more more and more common for actual black actors. Birth of a Nation was your first blockbuster, man. You realize that? First blockbuster was Birth of a Nation. You know what I'm saying? That was the the antithesis of Hollywood. Like we gonna make this industry, yeah. and the first blockbuster gonna be Birth of a Nation. It's something to think about when you and so in in all reality, this is even I'm sorry more, no, no. more motivation for for you to 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 express more black cinema mm. to because, because of that reason, right? I mean, but at the same time, if anybody has never watched any of your movies or, you know, or don't know who you are and they're listening to this episode right now, before watching any of your movies, what, not advice, but what would you tell them before watching your movies, before they get into it? It is what it is, bro. <laughs> Love it or you don't. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's been made. Like I said, it, it, it came from a, a good place, and it's out there. In whatever form I decided it's going to be done, it's done. And, and like what I about said, that What about that person that's sitting there listening as well that may not have finished the documentary or their movie? What what advice would you give them? To, to... I mean, it's, it's the same advice anybody gives. I mean, you, know, you just got to finish it. But like I said, I think that... Like, I just think we're in a place, I think we've moved backwards, man. I felt like when we were growing up, everybody was doing everything. But I, don't, I just feel like it's, like, too many writer-directors right now. So if you're a writer-director, like, you sitting up here trying to get money. Like, I can't tell you how to get money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how to get money. What have you kind of learned? What what positives and negatives have you seen doing some major shows? I mean, to me, one of the things I fucking noticed, and everybody hit me for it, there's too many fucking people. There, because it's. I understand it's a collaborative art form, but at some point in time, it is like we got too many people. We can't afford to pay everybody, so you have to kind of shrink it down if you have a lower budget thing. Yeah. But has that kind of influenced you at all? Like seeing how to do how it's done on a major level, how it's done on an indie level, and then kind of focus you in on the way that you're doing it. No, I mean the the thing is, is I um you know I, I was working at at WDSU for like what 13 years. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like this ain't you know I've been making films the whole time, but I was like this this shit ain't going nowhere. 
and I decided to, like I said, I got lucky and I hit up a UPM and, and she looked out for me. Um, and they were like, you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, which is office PA. And I told them, and this is literally what that whole experience was. It was a year that I worked on these sets. Like, even when I, I went to Panavision and seen you, mm -hmm. like, the whole process of that shit was just to see what y'all do that mm -hmm. I'm not doing. I just wanted to see it. So what I came out of it with was, yeah, I'm, I'm doing exactly what they do mm -hmm. with no money. So once again, I ain't sitting up here, all the shit that I'm talking, don't get it twisted. Like, if, if you know, if I make something and Marvel come knocking, like, we going. Like, <laughs> we doing this, right? But I can have certain conversations with Marvel that other people ain't going to have. I'm not trying to sit up here and shoot everything. I'm not trying to sit up here and edit everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to do accounting. I do what I have to do when I have to do it. But the thing that I take, like, I, I've been sitting on a set just kind of flying on the wall for the last three days, and I'm going to go tomorrow morning. And I'm talking to a couple people. And the thing that I'm learning is is there's nothing different that goes on that's, like, going to make you be like, oh, my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, sitting there watching, like, Spike, like, I'm watching Spike direct. And he does, he 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 directs documentaries differently than I would because he'll tell people to repeat stuff. Like, if he hears something that he likes, he says, stop, repeat that again. Like, it's almost like a narrative, right? Mm -hmm. I don't do that. Right, but the process and the way that he interacts and the way he moves and the questions that he asks or the stuff that he tells people, it's the same shit we all do. And that's the thing, like, we all just doing the same stuff. When I went and worked on Tall Girl, like, you know, being in, being around all those different departments, I got to see, all right, production designer, you know what I'm saying? And lucky enough, once again, because I'm an older dude and I'm in there, like, with no, you know, humble, like, yo, I'm going to get your coffee. Like, I'm going to clean this place. I'm going to make sure it's clean. Like, everybody kind of opened up and understood, all right, this dude here to see what we do, how we do it. You know what I'm saying? And I was able to just, you know, go over there and talk to the to the, to the the production designer, talk to Walt, just shoot the shit. You know what I'm saying? So what you, what you over there doing? Like, what your budget look like? How you do that? You know what I'm saying? I got to hang out with, with the DP, uh, Eric Edwards. You know what I'm saying? I got to just really, like, sit down and, like, really ask him a shit ton of questions. So, like, it's beneficial, but the difference is, is I was doing it from a standpoint, like, right now, once again, I'm allowed to go on that set and watch, which is a blessing in itself. I'm not PA and I'm not getting paid, right? And that's what the difference to me is. Like, I'm not trying to get hooked in, and I didn't want to get hooked in because I was, you know, that whole point was like, all right, so you're going to do this, then you're going to be a production secretary, then you're going to be a production coordinator. And I'm like, I don't know, because... You know, if I'm a production coordinator and I'm making a certain amount of money, or I'm a first AD. That's it? Yeah, I'm stuck. You're not making Because I, I didn't went, no, I didn't went and I got a call. You know what I'm saying? I didn't went and I didn't got a new house. Because I'm getting paid some good money now. But now I'm stuck in this. Like, after Howard, the reason I came back to New Orleans is I could have made good money in, in D.C. But I knew that if I got this job, I'm going to be stuck in this apartment, and this shit going to be expensive, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm stuck. And I'd rather, like I say, my thing is, is I'd rather just get by and be broke and ask a couple, you know, ask my, my daddy or my brother for a couple dollars for rent here or there mm -hmm. and make the movies I want to make, you know what I'm saying, and get to the place that I feel is comfortable for me because me getting to that place allows me to help my community, allows me to help my family. And I feel like I am getting closer and closer, but I mean, wow, at this point, you know, once I get this 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 MFA, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna end up teaching, which is fine. I don't mind getting stuck. But that's the other thing. Like I'm okay. That's the thing. That's why I want you to check out Kevin Jerome Everson, because he he just makes films. Like he literally just makes these 16 millimeter shorts, and just but they being like Black Star. They being like some museum in London. You know what I'm saying? Like 
I'm good with that. I'm good with making a movie. Got a contact at National Gallery of Art. We're going to do a little thing over there. We're going to do something at NOMA. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just over here teaching, just trying to expose these New Orleans kids to African cinema, trying to expose them to third world cinema, trying to expose them to, you know, Latin American cinema, uh, trying to expose them to, I don't know, French New Wave or Italian neorealism. So I think that's kind of where my my It ain't all black. That's kind of where my, my, my mind is right now. Yeah, the thesis you're working on, is that a short or is that a feature? What is that? It's a feature, man. Okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's like I say. It's, it's, it's. That one is getting complicated because <laughs> that, that, that shit costs a lot of money. Yes, it does. and that's that's just student loan money. Well, and that's one of the because one of the things I was asking about is doing short films. Like, why do you do them? What would you would you suggest doing them? And I think that's one of the things is that to me at this point in time, a lot of them are you're spending money that you can put towards the feature, but those fuckers cost so much that it's a take like a catch twenty two. No, I've had this. I've had this conversation. Um, I had a conversation with Gian. Gian is in the mind frame, and I think I was I was definitely there. I'm not there anymore, but Gian is definitely in the mind frame of like if it's if it's twenty, it could be forty. If it's forty, it could be sixty. Let's make a feature. And I, I don't I don't know. I don't believe in making a shitty feature. So <laughs> if it's not like I said, the story is going to dictate what it needs to be. So this is you know the black narrative was like twenty stories. You know what I'm saying? So you know those twenty stories are probably equal up to a feature. You know what I'm saying? If I want to push it, I'll push it. But at this point, I don't know how much of it I'm going to shoot. I don't know if, you know, like I said, I do have Wendell Pierce. He's the executive producer of it. So I don't know. Maybe that might do something in the future. It might help me get some resources. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So I, I, but I'm not in that game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just not in that game. Well, hey, man, I got, no. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, and I don't know nobody. I don't know, I don't, I don't know all money, man. I don't know nobody <laughs> in New York. But the thing right now is, is figuring out what it needs to be because I'm good with what it is, but it's not good enough. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's not, it's not, it's not where it's it not John Jackson style. Yeah, it's not. No, it's always gonna be. It's, it's, it's not, always it's gonna be not the level that he. Yeah, I, I see that. See now we talking. No, bro. Now we. No. <laughs> I'm too complacent in this, 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 and like that's. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing too much with different religions and ancestors and universe, man. And, and I'm sitting up here playing around and and being like, man, it is what it is, but. When that shit edited and the sound all messed up, I'm like, yeah, that, that ain't it. <laughs> that ain't so that's it. what I'm trying to figure out right now. What does it need to be? Well, it's for people who are looking to see some of your stuff. Where, where can they find it at? BCBHfilm.com for right now. Okay. I don't know. Google me. And then I'm Googleable. <laughs> Google. What's your, what's your uh, social media-wise? Where can they find you? John Isaac Jackson? I'm not that good on that, though. <laughs> I just be social media is jokes for me, man. I'm I'm like a I'm a wanna be stand up comedian, so I just be telling jokes. And showing and putting up little clips in there, but I'm not I'm not promoting nothing, man. I just be I just be telling telling jokes, man, telling Saints jokes. And Memeing and trolling, yeah. Yeah. When you uh, when you think the uh, thesis is coming out, people wanna check that out. I have no clue. <laughs> like I literally T B D I could I could tell you that I have definitely fulfilled my requirements. Gotcha. So I'm good on that level. Like I'm getting a degree. But yeah, I I don't I don't I we're shooting in February. Sweet. I'll figure that out when I get back in January. Um, right now, it's mostly it's gonna flip to who in the morning because we got festivals coming up for that. I so that's that's what the focus is gonna be. Like, I think we're screening in February with Black uh, oh, Film Fest in New Orleans. Awesome, nice. So yeah, it, it'll it'll be down here. New Orleans Film Fest like shut us down. So that's why I'm like, I Rage literally baby. told him like, don't even like <laughs> take my name off everything. Don't even contact me. We'll check you out soon with Who in the Morning coming in uh, the New Orleans Black Film Festival. He's in March. I know we talked to Guillaume about that. And uh, in the meantime, you can check out his films 
on bcbh.com. BCBH film. Yes, 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 yes. For Jonathan Isaac Jackson, for Rome Julian. Yes, sir. This is John Wood signing off. Catch us next time on Time Code Dollar Presents. Thank y'all for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. And thank you, Rome Julian, our host, along with John Wood, our other host, and our guest, John Jackson. Thank you very much. Time Code Presents is a Time Code NOLA production produced by Ricardo Barros. For more information on what we're up to, you can check us out at timecodenola.com or just ask somebody. Later.